The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Good morning. What is it that brings you joy? If you were to write a kind of top three list of the things that bring you most joy, what would they be? Uh, maybe it's um, the kind of stuff that you have planned for today. If it's Sunday, if it's a day off, you've got a day full of family or people that you love, you're going to get to see them. That's what you enjoy. Maybe it's um, food. You've got a great spread on the table. That's the kind of thing that you enjoy. Maybe it's nature, you know, going out for a walk, um, enjoying creation. Maybe it's those kind of things. But those kind of things can often be frozen out, can't they? Things that we enjoy can often get spoiled by circumstances, by, I don't know, People can't come to your dinner party. The food just doesn't taste like it used to. Um, your health isn't so great, so you can't go out and do what you'd like to enjoy. And so joy begins to leak away because often we base it on circumstances and those circumstances are temporary or they just get spoiled easily. Well, in the story today, Jesus is offering us a different kind of joy, a kind of joy that is deeper than anything you might have experienced before. A kind of joy which is indestructible because it was here before the foundation of the world. I mean, before the world existed, that joy was there. And because that joy is going to be here when this world's history has ended, Jesus offers us indestructible joy. I wonder if you saw that in the passage as we read it. It's this story of the 72 disciples who Jesus sent out last week. If you were here in the story, you heard that. Two by two, he sends out these pairs of apprentices to go out before him into all the different towns and cities where he was going to go and they were supposed to prepare the way to bring peace and to bring a message that the king of power who brings peace was about to come and they were coming back so this is our story they were sent out last week now they've returned and how do they return they return buzzing with joy they are full of it um i wonder how you're feeling having come back from last week if you were here last week and you were kind of sent out by jesus to to go and share the good news with people around us, to listen to them, to share stories of Jesus with them, to give them time, to give ourselves to them. I wonder how you've found that this week, how you're doing now as you kind of come back from that week of being sent out by Jesus. Maybe you're not full of joy. Maybe you are, maybe you're buzzing, but maybe you're not quite feeling what they're feeling. Maybe, maybe you're feeling more, I don't know, guilt because you just didn't do it. And you're, yeah, you just feel guilty. Maybe it's fear. 
maybe it was a really tough week. You did try and do it, but it was hard. And so you're kind of afraid that you're going to be asked to do it again. And it's going to be even more costly this time. Maybe you just kind of feel a sense of dry duty. Tick that box, filled that quota. You want to just move on to the next thing. Maybe that's you. Well, we need to ask that God would give us something that would take our guilt away. Something that would, that would like swallow up that fear. And something that would give us much more joy than just duty. And that's what he gives us here. I mean, these disciples come back with joy, but Jesus says there's more joy to be had, even than the joy that they have. I mean, they come back with joy because it worked. It worked. They went out to, to share Jesus's power in word and in action, and it, it worked. They healed people. They told people that the king was coming, and they welcomed that message. And even, they say, even the demons submitted to us in your name. That's amazing. These dark spiritual forces that seem to wreck people's lives. Jesus compares them to snakes and scorpions that just bite and harm and even kill. And they had nothing. They had nothing in the face of these messengers of Jesus. They fled away. And so these guys are buzzing. I remember um, with working with the students up in North Wales. Uh, there was one event we had where where the students were just loving it, the buzzing afterwards. We, it was a, a, an event that they put on where we welcomed or kind of invited a speaker who used to be in the Bosnian Mafia. He had an amazing story. And at the end of his story, he, he asked people if they wanted to come and follow Jesus, like he has learned to follow Jesus. And one girl who was a flatmate of some of, some of the girls in the Christian Union group, um, she gave her life to Jesus. And afterwards, when we were kind of tidying the chairs away, uh, putting the tables away, making a bit of space, her flatmates were just literally dancing, jumping around for joy. I heard another story this week of an 80-year-old man who lives not too far away in Pembrokeshire. And he came to faith, came to know Jesus when he was 80. And his brother, who lived in Canada, I think still lives in Canada, flew all the way across the Atlantic to rejoice with him because he'd been praying for him since they were kids. This guy who lives in Canada is a pastor. He'd been a Christian since he was a kid and he'd been praying for 60, 70 years that his brother would come to know Jesus. And he did, finally. And he flew all the way across the Atlantic to rejoice with him. He was so full of joy. But Jesus says there's even more joy to be had than that. Even more joy to be had than kind of success in ministry, than making progress, than the kingdom going forward. And that is that you have a place. You have a place in heaven. Last week, if you were here, we had seven Ps that we kind of used to help us get through and understand the passage. This week, I've got three. The first one is that you have a place. And it's this place that should bring us joy, deep joy, because it's indestructible, because it's open to anyone, and because it's not just for the future, but it's for now. Jesus says you have your name, if you're a Christian, written in heaven as if you have your place set at this great banquet, this wedding feast, and there's your name written on that name card. Your place is set, nobody else is gonna take it, it's for you. Your place is set. Are you looking forward to it? And if you're a Christian, that's what Jesus says, and he's the one who's written your name. So nobody can take it away. No one can take your place, no one can remove your name from it. It's an indestructible joy that we should have an indestructible joy that we should have because your name is written in heaven and is written by God so nobody can take it away. It's really good news and it's good news for everyone because you see there's there's not many people who can do what these disciples did in terms of like going out to the frontiers of mission and casting out demons and like doing all this amazing stuff for Jesus. Not not everybody is capable of kind of doing that kind of stuff or sees that kind of um, 
success in their lives. But Jesus says, you don't have to in order to have this kind of joy. You can be a new mum who's sitting on the sofa, pinned down by a newborn for hours and hours. And then when you're not pinned down feeding them, you're pinned down by tiredness for hours and hours. You can be a mum who feels like feels like you're not able to do any of the kind of stuff that you'd really like to do. It feels like your life is on pause. And you can still have this deep joy because it doesn't depend on what you can do. It depends on what Jesus has done for you. He is the one who wrote your name in heaven. He's the one who gives you that privilege, that gives you that place. And so it's not based on how much success you have, how many demons you've thrown out, how many sermons you've preached, how many people have come to faith through your word. It's based on, this joy is based on the fact that you have a place with Jesus. That means it's indestructible. It means it's for everyone. If you're, if you're sick and shut in at home and you really want to go out and share Jesus with people, but you're just limited, you have all these ambitions, you want to do it, but you just can't. You can't do it like these people did it. Well, this joy can still be yours because it doesn't rest on what you can do. It rests on what Jesus has done for you. But it's not just the joy for the future. It's a joy for now as well. Because right now we can know that we can have rest. Jesus says, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest right now. It says in the Bible that, that right now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Even if you've made a real mess of this week, you haven't even attempted to do any of the things that Jesus called you to do last week. You feel guilty. You feel afraid. You feel like you don't belong. You feel like, why does church always make me feel worse? <laughs> Well, Jesus says you can have joy this week because it's not based on our performance. It's not based on our kind of life of good deeds for him that you get into heaven, that you get your name written at that banquet. It's right at the beginning when you just give yourself over to him. Do you see these people at the beginning of their life with Jesus? They've just done one mission. They would have had years left of following him. And Jesus tells them already, not because of what you've done, but because of what I've done. Already your names are written in heaven. So rejoice in that. So the question is, how do we get our names written in heaven? And, and the answer is not, go and do lots of stuff for Jesus this week and then he'll let you into heaven. The answer is not that. The answer is, give yourself into Jesus' hands today. Trust him. Put your life in his hands and he'll welcome you. You could think about it a bit like a marriage. In a marriage service, husband and wife look at each other and they each say, all that I am, I give to you. All that I have, I share with you. And then they repeat that to each other. Well, if you bring to Jesus all that you have, all those guilty things, all of that fear, all of that kind of spiritual dryness, maybe you haven't come to him at all, ever. Well, you bring your whole life and you say to Jesus, Lord, there's some good stuff here, but there's also a lot of mess. Lord, there's, there's a lot of darkness. So all that I have, I give to you. All that I am, I share with you. Do you know what Jesus does? He takes it all away and dies with it. So it's gone. The old is gone. You don't have to feel guilty anymore. You shouldn't leave church on a Sunday morning feeling guilty. You should leave feeling free and full of joy because Jesus has said, yes, all that you have, I take it and have died with it. And all that I have, I give to you. You see, all of Jesus' goodness and perfection, all of Jesus' relationship with his Father, with God, all of Jesus' power of the Holy Spirit is given to you as, as a gift. Not because we deserve it, but precisely because we don't. And we recognize that. So if you, if you want to become a Christian, if you want to know Jesus and have this joy that's kind of underneath the surface of all circumstances, if you want to have that kind of indestructible joy, 
then that's what you need to do. Come and give your life to Jesus. Pray and say, Lord, I'm sorry for who I am. I give myself to you. Please forgive me and please give me this joy. And then keep walking with him and keep walking with him. But what if you have been a Christian for ages and you just don't feel much joy? Um, How do you stoke up the fires of joy? Well, a few practical things I think we could do. One is share good news with other Christians. Share your story with them and get them to share their story with you. Just ask them a question like, what's Jesus been teaching you recently? What's he done in your life recently? And talk about him. And as we do that, it kind of kindles up, blows oxygen onto the embers of our faith. And fire, the fire of joy springs up as we share Jesus with others. It happens when we, I think, especially share Jesus with people who don't know him. And as we kind of speak about Jesus. We don't just keep it inside our own heads, inside my own private life, but we share it with others. We, we're filled with joy. It kind of It's almost as if it becomes more real or more tangible anyway. We can feel it. So share it with others. The other thing to do would be maybe to change up your routine. Maybe you're just a bit bored. You listen to the same preachers, you read the same books, you have the same routine all the time. Maybe you need to change it up. Read some different books, listen to some different preachers. Um, Go and meet some different Christians. Go and do something you've never done. Have some, pray for some great ambition that you could do where you would throw yourself on the Lord where you'd know his presence. Change it up. Change up your routine. Um, Bring something fresh to blow away the cobwebs. And the last thing we could do, well, there's plenty of things, I'm sure, but the last one is to pray, is to ask and say, Lord, you're the one who has this joy. Would you give it to me? Do you know that Jesus is the one who has this joy? He's the one who gives it. And so we should ask for him to give it to us. I remember a story in the church where Beth and I got married. We spent a couple of years there before we moved up to North Wales. And there was an older man in that church who, he had an amazing story, um, a really interesting life in so many different ways. But he realised as he was getting older that he was getting emotionally cold. He was just becoming a bit of a grumpy old man. And so he prayed that God would give him a soft heart, that God would help him to feel again. And um, by the time we got there, it was amazing. He would stand up in a church prayer meeting and he wouldn't be able to say two sentences without crying. Um, You would share some good news with him or talk just anything, talk to him about Jesus. And he he would start to bubble up with joy and just weep. He would feel sadness deeply. His heart would be broken and his joy would bubble up and bubble over because he'd prayed. He was kind of tending towards being a cold old man, but he didn't say, that was just the way I'm wired. You know, it's just my stage of life. He didn't say that. He prayed that God would help him, that God would rewire his heart and his mind and his soul. And God did and brought him to a place of real joy, like tangible, you could see it on his face kind of joy. Let's pray that God would give us that. Well, that's our first P. We have a place and this joy indestructible that belongs to anyone, whoever you are, whatever you can do or have done or haven't done, this joy can be yours in Jesus. But what else do we see? Well, we see that Jesus shares that joy. I think this is maybe one of the most amazing things in this passage is that Jesus himself doesn't just stand there kind of floating two feet off the ground, like disconnected from all the emotions going on. Jesus feels joy deeply and he bubbles over himself. Did you see that? He bubbles over with joy. It's in verse 21. Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, starts praying to his father. And this part... It can be a little bit tricky. It takes a lot of, I think, a good number of times to read it through and unpick it. So you can do that yourself later on and keep on reading it through. But the big highlights from this are that Jesus shows us our greatest joy is found not just in a place, but in a person. 
that the great thing about heaven is who is there, not just what you get to do there. It's not just that it's a place of paradise, you know, where we get to indulge all of our uh, like desires, but it's that God is there. This, the kind of greatest thing about having a place in heaven is the person who is there. That's our second P. And who is it that's there? It's our Father. It's our Father. Jesus says, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows who the Father is except the Son and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And he turns to his disciples and said, you're the ones. You're the ones who get to see and hear and know the Father. So Jesus gives himself to us and through him we get to know his Father and are filled with the Holy Spirit of joy. See, this is a triune thing, Father, Son and Holy Spirit working together, bringing us in to share in the joy of God. Peter, who was there at this time listening to Jesus speak, and writes a few letters later on. You can read them later on in the New Testament. One's called To Peter. And at the beginning of that, he says, Jesus' divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that, this is the bit I really want you to hear, he's used his power to call us, to give us his promises so that through them you may participate, participate in the divine nature. See, God has given to us the privilege of knowing him, of being brought into the fellowship of God himself, of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He's drawn us in to that so that when you give yourself to Jesus, it's not just like he kind of coldly sweeps your sins away and gives you a seat at the table far away from him. It's that he brings you into his family, that it's not just a seat at a table at the wedding feast that you get, but it's at the top table as his bride, as his people, as the ones who are brought in to know him and brought in to know his father, to be given his Holy Spirit. See, Jesus gives us personal knowledge of God. The great thing, the great joy about heaven is a person. And Jesus opens our eyes to see him and to know him. Like that Welsh word I've mentioned a few times, there's two words in Welsh for knowing. One word in English, but in Welsh, gubod, as in to know stuff, and adnabod, which is like to know a person. That's what Jesus is talking about here. You have the amazing joy of being given a place in heaven with a person who you know. That the God of all the earth, the true God, is the God that Jesus reveals, is his Father and he is your heavenly father through Jesus. You get to know him by the spirit of joy and be brought in to his presence forever. That's just an amazing thing. If you don't feel the joy of that, well then let's pray. Like that guy did in the church where Beth and I got married. Let's pray that God would help us to not just get our minds around that and gubbard that information, but let's pray that he would help us to add nabod, to recognize, to feel deeply, to know personally this God for ourselves, that this joy would flow into our hearts. And that's what Jesus expresses. He bubbles up with joy and prays to his Father, who can be our Father. And what does he pray? He prays, he prays a prayer of thanks, a thanks that God has hidden this knowledge from people who are proud and who think that they can get to that knowledge on their own, but revealed it to little children, revealed it to people who are humble, 
who know that they can't do anything on their own, but who just come with empty hands. That's what he's saying here. Jesus picks up this picture of, of his disciples, of his followers being children in all sorts of different places. And, and really um, calls us to be children, to be people who come with open hands, with nothing but our needs and say, Lord, I don't really have anything to bring to you. Would you fill me up? Would you give me everything that you need? Would you make me a little child? And so Jesus praises God, his father, for turning the tables, for making this knowledge of him something that you can only have if you become a little person. You can only have if you become humble. Why is that a good thing? Why does that, why does that, why is that kind of something that he praises God for? Well, because it means it's open to everybody. It means it's open to everybody because everybody can come and humble themselves before God. But many choose not to. Many choose to say, no, I'd rather work it out on my own and miss out on knowing God. And Jesus says, thank you, Father, for, for making it like that, for making it possible for anybody to know, for making it, for making Christianity, for making this joy, not something that you, that you have to have great brain power to work out so that only the really smart people can come. It's not something that you have to have great wealth to buy into so that only rich people can come. It's not something that you have to be of this kind of nationality or that ethnicity or this kind of person or that kind of psychology to have. No, anybody who's a little child who comes to Jesus and says, nothing in my hands I bring, I just give myself to you. Jesus says, it's amazing that you've done it like that, Lord, that you make people and help people, let people know yourself, that anybody can know you. And, and this may be a hard thing for us to get our heads around. It feels a bit harsh to us, but Jesus praises God for, um, for excluding people who won't come and know God, who don't want to come and, and make themselves little children, who don't want to come and receive from him, but instead want to kind of make their own way. Jesus praises God for that because heaven would be miserable if that's what it took to get into it. Heaven would be a miserable place if it was just full of people who earned their way in. It would be a place just like this world, full of pride and full of people who think they deserve it, full of people who are big-headed. No, heaven's going to be a beautiful place, a place full of joy, because everybody's there who knows that it's completely a gift. That God gives himself to us, has given his son to us, has given his spirit to us, and that we give ourselves completely back to him. You see, God's kingdom is a place where gifts reign, where we know this person as a gift. What's our last P? Well, it's a privilege. Jesus says it's a privilege to know these things. There are prophets and kings and generations of people who wanted to know these things and they didn't know them, but you do. They didn't know, but now you know. They didn't see. They wanted to see. They were desperate to see, but now you get to see. You can think of Adam and Eve who had the promise of the serpent crusher. And every time they had a son, it was as if they were wondering, is this going to be the one? But it wasn't. Well, then David, who had this promise that there would be a king who'd reign forever. And then he had some sons and would it be them? But it, but it wasn't. And then Isaiah prophesied that a king would come who'd be a servant and would suffer. And then there were kings and would it be them? But no, it wasn't them. They longed to see. They knew somebody was coming, but they didn't see it. And now these disciples, they got to see it. They had this amazing privilege. That's our third P. The privilege of seeing Jesus, of knowing who it was, who they could come and pray to, of knowing who it was who gave them the Holy Spirit so they could have this kind of joy, of knowing who God is, which God to pray to, that it's the Heavenly Father who we meet through Jesus by his Holy Spirit of joy. Do you have that privilege? Has that been part of your life? 
Do you have the joy of knowing that? That you're brought in to know the Father because of Jesus who walked this earth and who, who does that by giving you the Holy Spirit to open your eyes, to say, let there be light, to let you see him. See, that's the kind of joy that these disciples have. They come back and they're full of just the sweaty joy of a job well done. And they get to walk with Jesus, with Jesus rejoicing over them as well. They get to walk in the joy of the Holy Spirit. They get to walk knowing that God is their father in just complete fullness and contentment. Do you know that kind of privilege? Of knowing your place is with the person of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit with God. If you don't know that privilege, well, let's pray. Let's pray that we would know it more and more. Let's pray that we would feel that joy deeply as in part of our lives day by day. Let's pray that this joy would be ours, maybe for the first time today, maybe for the thousandth time. Let's pray that it would be real, that we would know these things for ourselves and that that joy wouldn't just be something that we know about, but would really be part of our lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that that this is true, that Jesus is the one who gives us joy, who writes our names as we come to you, writes our names in stone in heaven at the top table. Lord, what a privilege that is. What an amazing thing it is to know you personally as our God, to have a place that's that's ours, a table set for us in your presence. Lord, we thank you so much that that good news is true. And so we bring ourselves to you this morning. And Lord, we say, we just want to say sorry for how we've made a mess of our lives. Lord, we want to say that we are guilty because we haven't done what you've called us to do. We're so full of fear because we so often don't rely on you. Lord, we so often are dry and just tick boxes out of duty. Lord, we pray that you would sweep away all those things and fill us with joy. That we'd be people who are marked out by just being frothing and buzzing with your joy day by day. The joy of knowing that we have a place. The joy of knowing that we know you. And the joy of knowing the amazing privilege of being part of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.